that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course our sponsors all the way up until the end of the fantastic Cheltenham Festival and that is Bet Victor. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk. Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dean. Uh, good to have you, mate. And uh, Paddy Aspel is back. Paddy. How are we, lads? You've been away for a little while. Yeah, a little sabbatical. Um, <laughs> well, sorry I had to let you down, but delighted to be back and obviously we're getting closer to... Um, a certain four days in March. Yeah, not not a bad uh, thing to uh, to come back on the line for, Paddy. Good to have you back. And uh, I have to say thanks to our sponsorship with now Bet Victor, and of course our preview night coming up during the week, and then all the coverage all the way to Chant Festival. Uh, Sam Boswell of Bet Victor has joined us. Sam's really good to have you on. Yeah, delighted to be on. Absolutely buzzing for Cheltenham now. All roads lead there, and um, we've got a few good races in between to talk about. A bit of reflection from the weekend, but yeah, mm. really, really, really excited. Yeah, cracking stuff. And uh, thanks for coming on. You're going to be a little bit of a fixture now as we roll up uh, to the big show. Um, in the normal format of the race out, we are going to cover off some of the things that happened uh, over the weekend. Um, some of those eye catchers that with an eye on the festival and some without. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a preview in the second part for Doncaster, Newbury and Kelso. Uh, we'll try and find a couple of bets. We're a little bit early on the podcast this week because we do have our big preview night in Dublin on Thursday. So rather than do a pod the day before, we'll let you all enjoy the videos over the weekend because they'll be coming out um, hot and fast from our preview night. And then in the final section of this uh, week's edition of the race out, we're going to have a look, a bit of a Cheltenham rambles, things like top jockey, top trainer, uh, the big four races. We'll see if we can also try and build you the ultimate uh, festival. Aka, I'm going to be relying on everyone else for that. I think. <laughs> uh, but we'll see how we do get on. And of course, uh, Sam will give us an update on everything that Bet Victor is getting up to in the run up to the festival. Okay, so let's crack on then. Uh, with this week's race hour. Uh, the big news, Paddy, got to start with you because, um, well, Leighton Aspel's retired and, you know, his career was something pretty remarkable. He didn't go out with a winner. I think he rode quite a nice horse on this last ride um, at Fontwell there on Sunday, Paddy. But I think it's 922 winners and we're talking about two Grand Nationals, um, a horse like Many Clouds to be associated with as well. Uh, pretty stellar stuff. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I was only in on the picture when everybody else was when it was announced on on Saturday. To be honest, um, I'd heard a little rumor that he might pack up at the end of the season, and mm. I don't know, it, it seemed like strange timing because he looked on route to be getting towards he was going to make fifty winners. Um, so I thought he might keep kicking. I don't honestly know um, what it, what his plan is. He's he just sort of fell. He 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 might tell you what he's had for breakfast, but certainly wouldn't tell you what he's having for lunch. You know that kind of. <laughs> 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 so, uh, God knows, but I was just looking through his numbers yesterday. Incredible, really. It's the first time I've ever seen him, like, over 8,000 rides. And obviously, uh, he had that bit of a break a year and a half um, working with John Dunlop. But I think he, he actually realized what hard work was when, when he took that job up. So, I think he was more than happy to come back. And he was incredibly lucky to fall back in with, with the guys who, you know, he'd ridden yeah. in the past. And, um yeah, he's like Mick Fitz said to him a font the other day. I bet you're glad you did come back. And uh, but yeah, look, very lucky, uh, very like a very well liked chap. And you know, in fairness, he's um, 
he's still got plenty of time to go down and explore other avenues as well. So, but and luckily he's gotten out on his own terms. And you know, as, as people use the old cliche in one piece, but would have been nice to go out and a winner. But my, my confidence fell apart when Nick Gifford said on the TV that this horse had it was the, probably the, the second time he's ever been in a horse box today. So I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really fancying him to win the bumper, but I, I think you're right, he, he'll certainly win the next day. Yeah, I think he got out on a nice horse, just didn't get the win. Normally, it's set up, Paddy, to, to go out on a winner like that, and the other, the other jockeys get out of the way, or is that something I'm just imagining? No, exactly. And, and I mean, when I seen it the other day, you know, there's only seven runners. This thing's been smashed off the boards. I thought, it, it, this is surely going to happen. But um, unfortunately, on the day, there was, there was quite a nice one in there as well. Do you remember um, when he landed the, the Grand National on um, Pinot de Rey and, of course, Many Clouds, that he actually went out with that camera on his head, didn't he, for the Many Clouds one, which brought you some amazing footage of what is, you know, the, the, the housewife's favourite race and something that I think everyone can enjoy now forever because that footage can't be repeated, really. Very hard to put a, a, a jockey willing to wear the camera in the race like that and let alone get on the winner. And, of course, Many Clouds delivered that day. Yeah, it was great footage, wasn't it? I uh, watched it a good few times, to be honest. And I think I certainly enjoyed the second one much more because Pina de Rey, the first time around, I remember speaking to him the, the first morning he'd been to school him over Nash Offence. And I mean, I'll be honest, he, he sort of said, I'm not really sure if I'm looking forward to this. He said, he's absolutely tiny. <laughs> you know, he said, and, 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 and he just about gets him A to B over, over a, a national style fence. But he was a typical French horse. He was good on his feet and, um, but yeah, that, that was a bit of a surprise, but, and, but, you know, obviously riding for Oliver and, and, and Manny Clouds was a big story mm. of the second one and, you know, a big weight carrying performance. And, you know, he, he came and won that national off the back of a, of, of a rare below par effort in, in the gold cup. So, uh, it was just a nice surprise and a uh, real good story, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely true. I wanted to ask you one question, Paddy, about um, obviously yourself and Leighton. Was there any ever any great rivalry between you from um, in your travails as jockeys? Uh, no, not really, because, you know, we were always based opposite ends of the country. I've always been northern based and he's always been southern. But um, I think the only time we ever really, I beat him a neck one day in a in a handicap chase at Market Raisin. Now, I mean, yeah. Even on the day, it was it was just so funny. I, I think the last the last fifty yards, we were both actually upsides laughing. Um, you know, <laughs> during the race, yeah. Uh, you know, what we were in the finish, I was laughing because I, I knew I had the momentum. I was going to beat him. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he was just laughing because he was thinking, "God, the, 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 this useless Abe is actually going to beat me in the finish." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was it, it was all good fun. Like I say, but unfortunately, our, our paths didn't actually cross that much, really. Um, but no, it was it, it was all good. Well, it's a it's a it's a great career and a great story as well. And uh, wish Leighton well uh, with whatever he gets up to now. And as you say, you don't really know what the next chapter holds, Paddy. Loads of options, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he does have um, he's he's rented a barn off Amanda Perrett's uh, in Amanda Perry, should I say, for a number of years now, and. Yeah, yeah has, does a lot of pre-training uh, for Gary Moore um, and a few other guys. So he's always been busy with that. But whether it leads on to anything else, I couldn't honestly be sure. Okay. All right. Well, we do wish him well. Thanks for uh, for taking a bit of time with us, Paddy, to talk about Leighton and uh, and uh, the career that he had. I think many, many people have uh, fantastic memories of, of what he did in the saddle. And let's see what's to come. Uh, let's talk about the, the horse that's lit up social media just today again, actually. And that's Solo, who won the Adonis over the weekend. 
Uh, Dem, I might come to you first. Um, Stephen Cass was on this podcast last week telling everyone that to forget about the Adonis as a race, just back solo at 16s uh, for the Triumph. Uh, he was proved right. And now that horse, I think, is rated pretty much close to champion hurdle standard. Now, I think I remember Defi Desoy being rated similar before Triumph Hurdle, when it did the business. It's solo a horse that you think will go and do the business, even though the price has now been incinerated. Yeah, three to one now. Um, he, he was like, he's the same rating as um, as Pendant Hills is now. So like, it, it's a very high mark, considering he bumped into a mare um, of Emmett Mullins, who I fancied, really fancied her for, for the race. But that was her first run in quite a while, and her first run at any sort of a level like that as well. It, it was solos also, but... There, I fear there's a massive uh, recency bias in this because we haven't seen the likes of All Mankind now since Christmas. But the depth of that form when he beat Cerberus and um, All Mankind, Goshen's been beating fields similar to that. Now, I, I prefer Solo than Goshen. I think Goshen would blow up at, okay. at Cheltenham. But All Mankind's the one I still think is the one to beat. And whilst I like what Solo did, it's very short. Very, very short. Yeah, I mean, he had to like what he did. Um, Sam, the bookmakers have taken a pretty strong reaction to that effort and the handicapper too now. Yeah, we saw um, a bit of early money kind of in the lead up to the race to back him for the Triumph. I think we were actually about 10s before the race for the Triumph and um, immediately went 4-1 to one after the race. And that was pretty much the biggest price out there, I think, at the time. 11-4 to four now. He was very impressive. And listening to Paul Nichols after the race, the, the comparison to Masterminded, even just thinking that seems huge from my perspective. I, I can recall mm. as I was getting into the sport, what a brilliant horse he was. Um, it was it was certainly a, a very facile win. Um, all of mankind is really interesting. I, I can remember seeing him win on Hurdle's debut at Warwick, and he was an absolute fruit loop. He, he's not changed much since, but I remember remarking, oh, he's won the worst you know, juvenile hurdle we'll see this season. He's turned out to be an absolute star. It's going to be a great race. Um, I don't think you can discount some of the others in there. Would I want to be backing solo at round three to one, 11 to four? Not really, but I'm sure plenty of people out there on much bigger tickets are quite happy. Yeah, there will be people with nice tickets about it. Paddy, I'm assuming you've, you've seen solo now deliver what it delivered at the weekend. Um, yeah, you have to put it in the triumph picture. Would you put it at the top of the pile? Yeah. Uh, he is skimpy enough. I'd agree with Dermo, but just checking now. Yeah, he's put him up to 157, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a whopper, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. But I don't know, I suppose literally because we've seen very little of him, we're maybe taking a bit more convincing because of his price. But I'm just not really sure in behind what was going on. I mean, you can't knock him for what he done. And I actually think he, he he quickened away from the back of the last. But in behind, I thought Dar Jacobs, Mary, you know, she was a little bit fractious beforehand and, and, and has done that in the past. And it's difficult to know what the form is worth, but nonetheless, you know, that's not his fault. He he done everything right on the front end and yeah, very interesting. But I think um, you know, certainly there isn't stacks of value to be had about him at the minute anyway. No. Oh God, that's gone. And if, if punters are flying, he could go off very short. If punters aren't flying, we might, we might actually see a little bit of value about Solo uh, on the day if that's the way you want to go. I think Paul Nichols even has another one in there. Um, so Psycho looks quite a nice uh, type for the race. But of course, the Irish challenge is very strong. So jury's out for me, certainly at that price, and wouldn't be one I'd be getting involved in, although it was a very taking performance from Solo. Uh, we did have the Betway Kingwell hurdle. Uh, Song for Someone did the business's favourite demo. Uh, big runs again. Well, Diego de Charmel was interesting back from fences. And Chittabello has just really been, never hasn't quite got the relief from winning big races in the past to go and to go and win these ones. A little bit unlucky, isn't it, Bello, really, is it? Yeah, well? that, uh, the penalty system, which is tried and trusted, no one, no one's obviously going to, uh, to fault mm. that, but that, that is killing him at the moment. Um, he'll come back again and 
he'll get those those pound swings back. Um, song for someone, lovely performance, tried so, so hard. Um, you'd absolutely love to own him, but you just, you'd imagine that's his Gold Cup, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, and a, and a, and a good performance. Um, did you uh, t- take much out of that race, Paddy? The, the song for someone with Diego de Charmin and Shitabello in back in third? I suppose you've got to listen to, to Tom Simons, really. He's quite insistent that this horse acts better in more testing ground. Um, that was sort of why he was happy to to go to Kempton the other day. Um, showed real resolution from the back of the last, and they've done very well with him. It was unfortunate. I, I don't think Trenny Fault of his own that Thomas Darby let the form down at Fontwell the other day, but with with, mm. with the Nichols horse whipping round at the tape, it was a very, very stop-start messy race. And I, I, I don't I, I think uh, that Aidan Coleman was forced into riding a race that he probably didn't hadn't planned on doing. Um, and especially when you see where the winner came from as well. So, uh, you know, song for someone, that's pretty rock solid form. But whether I would be keen to follow him in next time, I don't know. I think Dermot could be right. And maybe that could be his his big his big day in March actually came in February, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. But, but, yeah. You know, hats off to Tom Simons because I listened to him after. He's a real good talker. And he, he really appears to me like a trainer who's, who's, who's on the up because he, he talks a lot of sense. Yeah, and there was also a decent winner on the card as well for another trainer who, uh, you know, sp- spreads his 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 wares wisely, and that's Chris Gordon and, and Tom Cannon who got Highway One Hundred and Two uh, to win the Dovecote. Sam, what did you make of that Grade Two winning performance, beating West Cork and Kid Commander? Yeah, uh, it did the job so so well, and Chris is probably. I suspect if you work for um, ATR or Racing TV, he probably gives you a bit of a worry when you go on the microphone with him live at 2.30 in the afternoon. But he's certainly <laughs> one of the most charismatic uh, trainers out there and good fun to listen to. And, you know, he's done a great job and it was good to hear from the owner afterwards how loyal he's been to the trainer. Um, yeah, certainly pulled up some trees. But I, I'd be very interested to see if they do go on for the Imperial Cup now. Um, that mm. seems to be the, the, the initial plan. Um, following up that quickly... It's a very difficult race to go and win, but they'd be well entitled to go there with a decent chance. Yeah, they would. And normally, I guess the bonus still exists that he'd go there and then go at Cheltenham again. No, no, that sounds like a huge ass. He's not entered either. No, no yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he'd be running there at 146, but just, yeah, on Chris Gordon, he has to be one of the funniest trainers. Remember the Tom Cannon had to stand down on two rides and he told at the races that Tom Cannon had piles. <laughs> and Tom Cannon had to tweet out and say, I do not have piles, just for anyone wondering. He was injured or something. <laughs> like Chris Gordon is an absolute legend. But yeah, um, Highly 102 does really good performance. And as Sam said, 146 in that Imperial Cup with the way he beat West Cork there. Mm-hmm. Um, will be very interesting. I really like the performance Malaya put in the other day going for back-to-back Imperials. That'll be interesting if that one uh, shows up there in a weekend or so's time. Um, Paddy, uh, Highway 102, and I'll throw Mr. Malarkey at you as well, who won the, the big grade three handicap chase. There's a real nice bounce back uh, to form from uh, Colin Tizard's horse there under John Joe O'Neill, who's doing very well. John Joe O'Neill Jr., of course. Yeah, uh, I thought he got a very nice ride off of young John Joe. He's getting plenty of good opportunities from the Tizard team. And in fairness, he's not letting them down um i mean i think probably the biggest thing you've got to take out of this is that you know black horton has turned up and he's run his race again um you know on a track which he does like and i don't think things on the day went ideally for him but still mr malarkey is a very very high class horse and although he was in receipt of a fair old chunk of weight from black horton i thought he got the job done quite nicely yeah, Black Corton's run a big race because Mr. Malarkey, to me, was clearly well handicapped. I think I dismissed him on the pod uh, last week on the basis that I thought the ground would be a lot softer uh, than it ended up being. 
at Kempton on the day. Uh, Demo, I mean, Mr. Malaki's going to... I think Mr. Malaki can still win again off of Newmark. I think he's one five one now, which I don't think is too bad. No, it's not. And he's one of those novices last season that was just kind of uh, just on the precipice of grade one without being quite at that level. So absolutely. The one thing that has that kind of has to be said as well is I'd say if Bryony Frost could get the ride back, back on Black Court and she probably would redo it. I thought he, he was very Yeah, wide. there was he talk was, about this after. It was very wide. He was very, very wide yeah. throughout. He gave up an awful lot of ground. Um, I think Mr. Malarkey was a value winner, but I think Black Horton would have troubled him an awful lot more uh, with the way that he finishes his races. So mm. Black Horton's probably not done winning. Um, you'd imagine him maybe popping up with something like Air later on in the season. Um, he still is, seems to be still well handicapped just for how much he wants it. Uh, but, but Mr. Malarkey, I wouldn't say he's done winning, Dean. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're talking about a very tough horse in in Black Corton, and they will find other opportunities there. Sam, there was an interesting um, race with any second now winning over two miles, a race that I think um, Ted Walsh likes to kind of go for with his Grand National contenders. Now, drop back in trip, and obviously the Grand National is a plan, but uh, I don't think many people would have thought this would have been ideal, but yet they've gone and won it again. I think they had Seabass running that before, Papillon running that before. Um, it seems to be the tried and trusted route. Yeah, I think that's always something to to pay note of, and I'm sure we'll be referencing that at the Cheltenham preview on Thursday. We, we, you know, trainers are, are creatures of habit to some extent. I think it's well worth noting. Um, Cadmium gave the horse a lovely toe into the race as well. We ended up cutting him to 10s for the National from 14s, which puts him, you know, there or thereabouts as basically second favourite, third favourite for the race behind Tiger. Yeah. There's going to be some real value out there if you're happy to take on Tiger Roll because he's just going to stay that short. Obviously, we've got the cross-country coming up. Get clipped another point maybe after that. But it's, it is staggering, and he'd certainly be a candidate for me. You know, Ted Walsh, a trainer, I think we've all got plenty of time for. Uh, 10 to 1 could be the alternative choice. Yeah, I mean, it's set up lovely for them now, Demo, haven't they? This is, seems to be the way to go. I didn't think he'd win at the weekend, though. No, and I really fancied him for the ultimate. I put him up on my uh, bookmaker's <laughs> article for that. I thought he, he could definitely win again of 151, which he kind of somewhat proved there winning that race. But, Good, yeah. Articulum um, and second ran an absolute blind. I mean, he's beaten proper kind of two, two and a half milers there, and he's put them away. So he's a remarkable horse. Uh, you know, he's a Kumir winner now. He kind of found winning hard for ages, and it just seems to have clicked with him now all of a sudden. Because even earlier on the season, he gave Battle Over Dying one hell of a race in a grade one. And um, he, he ran very well at the Leperstone, um, a Dublin racing festival as well. He was third in that. So he's he's had a very busy year, but he just seems to really thrive on it. So if there is any chink in Tiger Roll's armour, which I'm not sure with those new fences because he just kind of headbutts his way through it. Yeah. Um, any second now kind of would be that one because you could just picture him travelling really, really well into it. Like. Yeah. Uh, Paddy, I mean, the idea of sharpening up a Grand National type over two miles before entry um, it seems to be only Ted's idea. I don't know what you make of that. Would it do something to liven them up, get the, the jump, they have, to, they have to jump a bit quicker at that, at that trip? Yeah, it was a real good effort, wasn't it? I mean, that's the first time that he's tackled that sort of trip. Um, just looking down to his profile now, it's, yeah, it's been a long time, um, to be fair. But it was a good effort. Um, I thought for a couple of strides, maybe Articulum w- was going to run him a bit closer than he did. But, I mean, one, he knew, obviously, back over the minimum that this horse wasn't going to stop. And um, just in- some interesting words from Ted afterwards. Because, in fairness to this chap, I mean, in that roar and bull race at Leopardstown, he was still in the hunt. Uh, like Dermo said, you know, although beaten five lengths, that was a very respectable effort behind Battle Over Dying in his novice Um then he was third in the Morgan Duke at the, at the at the big festival. You know, very very good form. Um, but you know, brave shout the other day. But I really do think that the blinkers have helped this chap. Right. Uh, uh, putting them back on again. They they took them off on his on his his, re- his return run. Um, uh, but I, I think he certainly needs them. And uh, very very interesting. And look, 
Ted Walsh, he knows how to win a national and interesting that he's he's going down this route again, isn't it? Yeah, and that tried and tested route and Ted Walsh knows what he's doing uh, with horses of this nature, certainly with the Aintree showpiece in mind. So any second now definitely goes in to the book and as Sam's saying now around a 10 to 1, almost second favourite really behind Tiger uh, for the big one with Bet Victor. Um, anything else over the weekend? I mean, there was a bit of disappointing news, Dermo. No native river for the Gold Cup. That's come out of the week. Thomas Darby didn't run very well, so you can probably look at Aintree now with with Thomas. As obviously, I think that was where they were going to go anyway. Um, what did you make of of those two bits? And it's very sad for Native River Connections because the Grand National was there as well. Very sad, and it kind of it's just these these kind of Gold Cup winners. They they never seem to be able to put a few runs back to back. It whatever that that seems to take out of now. Obviously, this is a completely different injury, but still, it's just it's a weird trend. And he was very good at Newbury under John Joy. I still couldn't have had him for a Gold Cup, but that's. That's neither here nor there. He was in off a nice weight in the Grand National, so that's an awful pity. And Glenn Lomas and the uh, Kim Weir as well. Of course, yeah, I forgot about that one. You've got uh, you've got connections there who planned a whole year around around Cheltenham and then missed it, unfortunately. So yeah, look, it's big blows, and unfortunately now for the next two weeks, it, it, the uh, the road to Cheltenham is is littered with injured horses, unfortunately. So we are going to have a good few of them from here on out. And then just one horse that definitely won't be going to Cheltenham is uh, Lady McCabe. Uh, she ran in the 327 at Ferry House on Saturday. Uh, she stayed, our this horse stayed on really, really well over two miles four um, when stepping up and trip, which you'd imagine next time uh, Lady McCabe, I reckon, will be a winner very, very soon. Okay. I mean, I kind of uh, blanked Ferry House out of my mind, but uh, a cappella bourgeois winning a, a Bobby Joe? Yeah. Um, was his turn to win, really. I suppose he was fancied in the um, Thaisi's chase as well. So, Really good performance. Um, where you take him afterwards, God only knows, but does it matter? Sure. Really does it? Well, they, well, they want a good race. I mean, yeah. they, Willie likes to use that one as his preps for the Grand National, and uh, Ted likes to use the, the two-miler down the way, <laughs> uh, which is all very different. Do you know, I thought ran fine in there. I'm a bit, a bit disappointed he didn't win, but it doesn't really matter, and that's Alpha Desova, that who uh, is my long-range fancy uh, for the Aintree Grand National. Sam, it's that time of year where most of your press releases going out will be X misses this market shake-up. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. We don't like that kind of news financially. You don't care if it's going to benefit you. You want the best horses there on the best day. Native River, I think, obviously probably the most high profile to have come out in recent days. Um, on your theme of, of national horses running a nice prep race, I actually thought Sub Lieutenant didn't run a bad race either in that Acapella Bourgeois race. Mm-hmm. He, he's one I kind of think second in the Topham last year. If he was to get the trip, could be of interest. The only other real notable thing was I hadn't been racing for a couple of days I'm usually on track quite a bit but I went to Kempton on a Saturday for the first time in a long time and it's you know considering the news we had about the course being saved over here perhaps I was a little bit blinded to it but I expected a fairly bigger attendance and it it just didn't have that feel they're really gonna have to work hard I think into getting the numbers back through the doors for even the feature meetings outside of Boxing Day or St Stephen's Day I should say but you know it's it's really interesting because a lot of people were talking about how pleased we were with this decision. It was 20 quid to get in for a, a decent card on a Saturday. You know, it's close proximity to huge numbers of people and still it didn't feel that busy. And I, I just really hope there's some invigoration done by the Jockey Club to really get Kempton booming again. You expect the all-weather meets to be quiet. I don't expect feature day Saturdays with extra races put on mm. for 20 quid to be quiet. It's, it's, it's disappointing to see. Such an easy track to get to as well. And location wise, surrounded by so many people, there is something missing there. And I, I, I wouldn't be able to put my finger. I've been there. It's not a soulless place when it's got a good crowd. It's uh, 
it's a, it's a great place to watch racing. They seem to do the corporate hospitality stuff well. I don't know if they've ever really embraced the music after racing or anything like that kind of nonsense that really gets my goat. But at the same time, if it, it brings people it to brings the race, yeah, exactly, then I understand it completely. Um, yeah, it's it's something that I think you know you you've commented on Sam, and I've seen it talked about in certainly over social recently. But everyone was so delighted that you know the King George will stay where it is, but no one seems to go. So maybe they'll uh, they'll only they'll only have this as it is for a while. It's interesting to see what they're going to do. But that's a racing problem in general, isn't it? Certainly when it comes to flat meetings, it's very even even trickier. I think certainly in Ireland to get uh, the crowds to the course. Okay, anything else we want to talk about before the weekend? Before we take a break. All good. All right. We're going to take a break here now on the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course, Bet Victor. And we'll be back and we'll have a look at the weekend racing uh, to come up. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Put on something upbeat. Oh, I'm useless with music, mate. But if you want to play something exciting, your best bet is to get yourself on that Bet Victor site and check out my new slots game, Harry's Reels. But don't let my mug put you off. A moustache, mate. I've got to pick up the dinner. Harry? Search online for Bet Victor's latest offers. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Son, add a god cod. Welcome back to the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course uh, Bet Victor on the run up to the big show at the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, great to have you all on board. It's Sam Boswell, of course, from Bet Victor, Demon Nolan, Paddy Asper, and myself, Dean Ryan. Uh, let's have a look at the weekend racing to come now. We are a day earlier than we usually are on the race hour podcast, and that's because of our Cheltenham preview night on Thursday. We want you all to be able to enjoy the videos without listening to us waffle on about exactly the same topics. Uh, in the run-up to that. So why don't we take, we'll just go through them uh, with the stuff that's across on the uh, terrestrial TV stations. Uh, Doncaster 150. Uh, I might come to Dermo first on this one and see whether we've got an early fancy for it. It's a three mile and a half a furlong handicap hurdle. Uh, there are some odds floating about, but it's very early for everyone to be getting involved. I think Dolphin Square could well head the market here, Dermo. Yeah, under uh, the brilliant mixed Mr. David Maxwell. Hero, um, he's a hero. Absolute hero. Yeah. And But the... Um, these weekends, I really like uh, nearly half focusing on Paul Nichols' runners because whilst other trainers are holding theirs back for the spring, Paul Nichols won't leave a Saturday after him. So he, you know, he tends to really target him. And that um, Blackjack Kentucky won very well at Chepstow last time, beat walking the mill. And to me, he just looks a really typical Paul Nichols improver who's just going to keep, keep on climbing up the ranks. And he still looks well enough handicapped, in my opinion. And um, at 7-1 to one or so, I think he's a, a decent better dude. Okay, Sam, any views on the 150? Yep, the exact view that was just just given. Um, I completely agree. I got notes in my tracker saying, looks the type further, the better. The walk, the mill form, yep, fair enough. Thought that was a lovely prep actually for him um, going towards national. But yeah, just he won really nicely and, and just looks like he's the type that's got more to give. Paul Nichols, this is where he starts to really farm these Saturdays as well. When you look historically um, in his battle for the title, He'll just keep going and keep finding feature winners. And I see him picking up a, a half-decent pot here with, with that particular horse. Should he turn up, it is early. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be around 7-1. to one. I see actually Bet Victor now have it up at 7-1, to one, Blackjack Kentucky in that 150 at Doncaster. Uh, Paddy, I thought it was interesting to see Shades of Midnight might be back for Sandy Thompson. We haven't seen that horse for over a year. Yeah, he's, he obviously he's got that massive standout bit of form of Haydock, hasn't he, with Paisley Park. And very, very talented horse. He's obviously had an injury. We've not seen him now for... Yeah. 
378 days and plus he's going to have to carry top weight if he if he if he rocks up on Saturday so I would imagine that Sandy Thompson will just be keen to get this lad out and have a look at him but there's no doubt although he's 10 year old um you know there's a massive engine in there but I think connections would maybe look be looking past Saturday than than uh, than looking at that but um the horse that the the lads mentioned is a horse who's on the improved blackjack Kentucky and he is going to have a nice racing weight the the one next below him, I thought the Oliver Sherwood horse Manning Estate. He's two from two with Donny. He's a little bit of a tricky customer. This at times he's been a little bit hard to steer and and and, and navigate, but he he's got a fair bit of ability. And if he's on his best behaviour, and he certainly doesn't, he hasn't showed any of his quirks at Donny. That's one thing I will say. Uh, you know, and he, he has got plenty of ability. He is only six year old. Um, so I thought sort of Manning Estate off a mark of one two seven. And a race, lovely racing with 10 stone eight. He might have a little squeak there. But, I mean, the market tells us that this is, it's very competitive. Another, could be another big Saturday as well for for David Maxwell, Dermo, who's been uh, flying along. He had that little bit of bad luck the other day, which can happen to anyone. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I got into um, a bit of hot water and twelve Hot and, and cold water, I suppose you'd call it. Um, You're but, enjoying your social media. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just think um, anyone that loses money on David Maxwell is uh, completely their own fault. He's... Uh, He's he is a legend who's made his money and he's riding his own horses and uh, of course he's not going to be as good as other amateurs but he's he's well within his rights he's passed all all the tests to be a jockey so yeah um, if you've backed him and he doesn't give a horse the ride that you wanted him to give that's your fault not his but I, I enjoy watching him I, yeah I think all fair game to him and long may continue yeah, and, uh, and he's ridden plenty of winners uh, doing exactly that so fair play to him Dem I might come to you first on that five past two at Newbury and um, the Great Wood Veterans Handicap Chase and part of that veteran chase series and Atois Phil uh, likely to top the market here or at least be one of the probably co-favorites of six <laughs> it looks tough enough but I know you like the horse oh uh, yeah I'm mad about this horse um like uh, for Gordon Elliott he, he was a superstar for them like his last win came in September off this very mark but that was his Irish mark so you can actually uh, you can nearly say that he's a few pounds well in over in the UK now because the, the way the handicapper treats the Irish horses and he's also seven pounds lower than when he was a good 12th in the Grand National last year as well so he's a horse that kind of runs all his races Gary Moore has taken a lot of time with him really really eye-catching fourth behind Native River last time Mike I pinpointed it on yeah. the on the race hour here. He was he was ridden with not winning in mind, like there was another target. It looks like he'll miss the festival and go for something like this, which does make sense. Uh, the Moors are obviously absolutely brilliant with these type, types of horses. And Atois Phil, if he bounces back, he's he's more than good enough to win this. He's a very good horse. Yeah, okay. Atois Phil for you. Um, I'm really hoping they don't run Activial here. I want that to go in the old team at Cheltenham after running such a big race last year and can actually get in off a couple of pounds lower uh, this time round. But I do see it's entered for Tom George. Paddy, did you have any view on this veterans contest? Yeah, I mean, these are great races, aren't they? And a nice pot and off. Yeah, I love them. Um, you know, it just sort of gets these horses back on, on the winning thread again um, when things have gone a little bit dry because they've, they've obviously still got plenty of ability. But that was eye-catching, wasn't it, at, at, at Newbury? But, I mean, Dermot's right. He, he was ridden that day. Obviously, they were thinking of Newbury on, on the 29th of Feb. And <laughs> sometimes... Uh, when you don't get involved in a race and you it, like traffic fluid at, at Ascot and you just want to pick up the pieces. Um, yeah, and it falls apart in front of you. That's like, what can you do? Exactly. And sometimes maybe visually you can look to have really run above yourself. So uh, them bits of form, I would always handle with a little bit of caution, but there's no doubt this horse, he showed in the past that, that he's got class. And 
the handicapper has given him a chance to to maybe go and get his head in front again. Um, there was one or two others here, I thought, really. Um, it was just sort of on the day. Single farm payment is a frustrating horse. Um, you know, he does tend to like Cheltenham very well, but he's got... Um, He's got plenty of form, but he's he's difficult to pinpoint when he's going to win. The other horse I thought had a chance uh, was a 12-year-old, Nick Williams' Horatio Hornblower. He's been having mm. a good year, and really you can discount the last day when he was going for his hat-trick. He, he checked out pretty early doors before they, they even got racing. So, and he's going to be off a lovely weight, and, and, and he's won around the track before. But, yeah, wide-open stuff here. And like I say, a real good pot and offer for these old boys. Yeah, it could be some field actually, Sam, and full of uh, my old cliff horses. I have to say, these kind of races always tee me up for another fall. Um, those those veteran contests. Did you have any view on the race at all? I mean, single farm payment's been a real friend to the bookmakers over the years. I think the amount of times. Yeah, he runs for you lot. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just you just, but you know that with him. So you take your money, pay your chance. Um, yeah, I, I do love them. Uh, there's a couple in here that I'd probably. Uh, the, the one that I'm really drawn to a, a big price and he'd need to refine some form pulled up last time out. Amy Dubois for Gray McPherson, I think was a horse at one stage that I had a huge amount of time for fifth in the Albert Bartlett going way back. And he's had a wind up. He's, he's not, not been seen to best effect so far this season, pulling up, like I said, last time at Sandown, good second at Kelso behind something of Lucinda Russell's that I've got a bit of time for as well. He, 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 I'd like to think he's going to have one of these contests in him. I'm not sure it'll be this day at Newbury, but he's one I'll be keeping an eye on and probably have a, a, a small each way shout on. Okay, shout there for Amy Debois, uh, Graham McPherson's uh, 10-year-old. Uh, you know, these race, hopefully that, that actual field that's looking like it might line up their lines up there because they are highlights of mine. Tom, George, if you're listening to the race hour, uh, Activial doesn't need to run the weekend, okay? Just so you're aware. All right, then we'll just move on to the 225 at Doncaster. Um, there's a handicap chase there over a little bit further than two miles. Really looking forward to seeing the King of May uh, run in this. Um, Dem, I might come to you first. Dolos, uh, the King of May, and Nutswell, along with Destria, actually another very tight market, very likely here. Unbelievably tough. It's just the amount of weight that they have to actually give to the King of May um, if he rocks up here. Um, and it does look like definitely Red might be rocking up later on. So Brian Nelson might just, just obviously bring them all down um but the the king of may was was obviously very very good when beating a spirit to large earlier on the season uh very good last time kind of flopped in between against simply the bets but that that can just happen at times and he was given a, a 79 day break after that and bounced back and did very well last time so the king of may off the off the rating he's on i do think he's a very good horse and um, he looks a typical brian ellison kind of slow improver and um, that Espirit de Large, Espirit de Large could do it with a bit of form boost because we haven't seen him since he was brilliant at Sandown after that. So King of May, off that mark, off what the weight that he will be getting, I think he's a, a, a decent price. Yeah, Paddy, he's a horse you like as well, isn't he? Brian Ellison's King of May. Yeah, I was really good at now when he let us down second time because um, that Carlisle run after a mammoth layoff. I'm just hoping that maybe he isn't the type of heart because I don't think he's run, although... You know, he only just scraped home at at, at Sedgy the other day. He was he was tailed off at 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 Newcastle in between, but the Carlisle performance was by far uh, head and shoulders above what he's done since. Which to me, I'm I'm a bit disappointed with because uh, I'd agree with Derma. I think he's got a real engine. This horse, I just don't know whether he needs to be fresh and 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 you can't go to the well with him that often. Uh, be interesting to see, but obviously he's gonna he's gonna have a lovely a lovely racing weight. But I think. Although he's going to have to, Dolos is going to have to give six pound plus to the whole field here. Uh, mm. 
But the thing about this chap is they've dropped him back in the handicap company now and he's just different gravy. You know, he's only seven year old. You would think he's older, but um, you know, he's still only seven. He's very, very high class, Dallas. Mark of one six one now, but he jumps. He's very, very reliable, and it'll be a hell of a weight carrying performance. But for me, I just think he, he is the handicapper's right here. He's, he's he's by far the best horse in the race. Yeah, Sam, we do have a standout one in here, and we were just talking about how Paul Nichols likes to uh, fire away at these often quieter weekends because the big show is just around the corner. Uh, Dolos is very likely to head that market currently around night to two. Um, at the top of the market, but it's going to be vying for it with the King of May. Um, I thought Jerry's back was interesting in here. A couple of entries this weekend for Philip Hobbs. Uh, one of those races where the market might tell you what's going to happen, Sam. Yeah, um, there's there's one I'm drawn to just out of interest, not necessarily as a punting perspective, but you've got great field in here for John Joe now, having left Willie. Um, yeah. Got just the one entry, I think, at the festival in the Grand Annual. Uh, listen, if he was to turn up, I wouldn't want to back him, but I'd certainly be watching with interest, given he pulled up last time out, unseated before that. It's just it, these races I find incredibly hard to track, and and they are a bit of a bit of a bit of a bookmaker's heaven, really. But King of May, I think you've you've all made really cogent points for, and I think off a feather way, I'd I'd probably be leaning that way if I was pressed to have to give a selection. But yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on Great Field, Judy Rum. Yeah, Great Field's form figures look like an advert for a soft drink. Anyone, anyone wants to get that joke? Hopefully, hopefully, uh, sorry, Paddy. What'd you say? I'd probably sooner back him than ride him. Looking at <laughs> Jody McGarvey was the only one that could ride him, wasn't it? Because he he, he knew him so well. If anyone sees yeah. Jody at an airport uh, before the weekend, <laughs> then maybe we know it's on. Yeah, he was the only one, yeah. Willie Mullins used to say that they were just inseparable, you just couldn't take him off. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, maybe John Joe O'Neill Jr. is going to get the unfortunate leg up here. I don't know uh, what they might do with Great Field. A very interesting runner ahead of uh, what's to come, of course, at the festival. If he does pitch up this weekend, at least Dollars won't have to give that one uh, two stone like he does to the King of May, which looks very, very tricky indeed. Uh, okay, over at Kelso, um, this should be pretty quick because one of the horses that I always talk about on here being the, the second coming is Fred. And it's likely to go off favourite uh, for this grade two novice hurdle demo, two mile two furlongs um they might have found a little weaker opportunity for fred than going after the big guns yeah so he's 50 to 1 for the supreme and you'd think just i'm not with, taking that as yeah, much as i love him yeah with how hot how hot that race is you, you probably would just kind of veer away from that so look fred was brilliant at kempton over christmas um he's a horse that he took a while to come to the boil but he might just have and this to me now looks like uh, properly smart placing and um if he does show up here i think he takes an awful lot of stop Sam, anything you want to take Fred on with in that grade two? Uh, not particularly. He's 11 to four. You've then got Clowns and Caitlin in there at threes. Uh, Cavadouge is seven to two. I will just mm. give a mention. I, I, I had glory and fortune in my tracker for Tom Lacey, and I really like Tom. I don't know whether it just feels like it, whether he actually has. It feels like he's had a slightly quieter season, but that was a horse I certainly thought could be probably above average. And if he was to go in, he certainly would confirm that by fame and glory. Uh, a really nice horse, second last time out uh, behind Buzz, who probably was a little bit disappointing the next day, but has a bit of form in there as well with the Banneking Rebel horse that Jamie Snowden, Bet Victor Ambassador, has a, yeah. a lot of time for as well. So he'd he, he just be one I'd be keeping an eye on, but probably not a betting race for me per se. Okay. Uh, Paddy, do you want to take on Fred? Well, I mean, he reopposes Pierre Niven's horse here, doesn't he? Uh, Melistic, uh, mm-hmm. six year old further down now. I mean, he only just got the better of Malistic up at 
must have been our last time. Now, this ground at Kelso on Saturday is going to be horrific. I mean, they're giving a heavy soft, but uh, you watch Kelso all year, especially from over fences in particular. I know it's over hurdles, but the ground is is desperate. Uh, very, very energy sapping. But this Melistic, the handicapper spun up at 140, and he gets £3 from uh, Fred. So that literally puts yeah. him about spot on at the weights. Um, this Melistic... He unseated very early doors on his first run over hurdles, and then he won next time. And when he was beat at Catrick, I mean, that horse Hobbsies, uh, or, or I think it was Hobbsies, he absolutely bolted up the next day at Foss Lass. I think mm. he's gone under the radar a little bit, um, this Melistica. And it'll be interesting now when they reappose on Saturday because he gave him a real scare up at, up at Musabur. And I just thought there was a bit of value to be had about Melistic. He was... Um, yeah, sorry, you can get you can get a bit of fives about him compared to um, you know, eleven to four for Fred, but Fred's definitely the one to beat, but I think Melistic, um, he's gone on the radar ever so slightly. Yeah, I you know, my view is that with this extra couple of furlongs, I think Fred might just be able to run him down again. But on that straight line with the with the with the slight uh, give in the weights, fives versus eleven to four, you make a very sound point. Um, but Fred will be for me. You'll go for Melistic, and uh, yeah, I know Derma's going to row in uh, with Fred. Whether you get involved in from a betting side or not, I think that's the one we're going to we're going to take. Um, okay, over at Donny then for the three o'clock, three mile and a half of furlong in front of him for a mare's novice. Uh, we've got a very short price favourite here in uh, Kill Anna Derma. Kill Anna, yeah, she was um, she was very good last time, and the third DM Harry Fryhorse has come out and won again since. So you can really see why she's been put in now at. 10 to 11 and if she rocks up here you'd you could only picture her going off a good deal shorter than that so it's not a type of race Dean that I would get too heavily involved with anyway um but definitely with one that short for Mr. Paul Nichols, I'll be uh, shirking it all day long. Yeah, I think five to four on uh, with you guys, Sam, uh, likely to be very popular. Another Paul Nichols one. Yeah, I, a lot of these will end up in multis and, and, and Yankees and that sort of thing, I'm sure. But mm. I, the only thing I'd say with these kind of, if you're a real each way thief, the one thing you'll notice with a lot of the mayor's contest, because of the black type and offer, you tend to get a little bit of value further down the page if you're playing each way and you're going to get hopefully the places quite often see an Irish Raider or two and there's one I'll give a note to she's been a little bit inconsistent but on her best form she should really be getting involved at some point within the mm. placings and that's early morning rain of Jamie Snowden's um, she won really nicely at Lingfield um, in the mud and she's just been a bit unlucky not quite herself but if she's back to her best 10 to 1 might be a, a way of trying to get some place funds but if the favourite wasn't to show but they are getting stronger and stronger these races and they're getting better supported so you will get better field sizes which is one positive as a punter if you like to play the market with the places Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and as you obviously catch up with Jamie Snowden a fair bit as an ambassador for Bet Victor, uh, we might take heed of early morning rain in that three o'clock. Paddy, uh, any reason for you to take on Paul Nichols' is, uh, well, perceived good thing? No, I think Kalana looks very good. Um, obviously, was a little bit underwhelming in her bumpers, but since they put the junk strap on, she's two and two. Yeah. I believe not, lads. I mean, this is obviously it's her first time over, over three mile under rules, but. When she won her point last March, if you look at that point, although she only won ahead, she had the horse that Gordon Elliott, or the mayor, should I say, Queen's Brook, that absolutely slooshed up down at Goring a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Uh, that was 10 lengths back in third. Um, and they had to pay a right few quid for her out of Aidan Fitzgerald's. I mean, that's rock, rock solid form uh, because I, I thought on the day 
that thing of of Gordon Elliott's looking very very good, and and she's kicked it out of the out of the way, and that was getting on for for a year ago now. So this is obviously a very very good mayor, and 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 certainly on the improve. Okay, yeah, I think we all like Kilana and maybe early morning rain for a bit of place value or for the place pot punters out there. I do love a good place pot. And uh, if you're in that, you want Kilana to be kicked into touch and get a bit of a result on the way. Um, okay, what about over at Newbury for their 315, which is the uh, the Greatwood Gold Cup handicap chase there, grade three, uh, over two and a half miles. Um, Jerry's back also has an entry in here. I'm very interested to see where they turn up. I'm also interested to see if Secret Investor will run in this because that run that was um, behind Native River the last day screamed to me like they might have something on their mind at Cheltenham. But I think Paul Nichols' demo said it uh, doesn't think Cheltenham suits his horse, so they could well turn up here. Yeah, it all his runs at Cheltenham, he just doesn't seem to like it there at all. Now, that could just be... A coincidence, he just might have been having a going day, but we won't be questioning Paul Nichols just yet. But no, if he says he doesn't like it, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like it. Yeah, um, Secret Investor's in here, and he's also in the 335 at uh, at Doncaster, yeah. as well. So, whichever one of them he shows up, and this is 2 4, and the uh, the Grimthorpe at Doncaster is 3 2. The way he ran over three miles against Native River, he definitely wasn't stopping at the end. So, I would like to see him in something like a Grimthorpe and um, to see how how he does run there. I mean, definitely Red, if he shows up there, you'd think he would now for his prep for the Grand National, he'd keep Secret Investors marked down um, or his weight down to 11.6. Um, he'd have to run off top weight here. So I think he will run at Doncaster. That was a huge run last time. And again, he just screams of the really typically boring Paul Nichols Saturday winner, doesn't he? I don't mind him if I know which ones they are. <laughs> yeah, okay, I don't yeah. mind him being boring. Okay, so we take Secret Investor out of this because you think it probably goes over at Donny uh, about 20 minutes later. Then this race will go to post. What do you like in this race in the 315? I'll be the same as yourself. So that the uh, two that I had pinpointed here, uh, Clondalk Castle was very good <laughs> last year and he ran a good race in the Arca last year as well. And he looked to really improve last time. But if Jerry's back shows up here instead of going to the Challenge Festival, you know that they've they've kind of spotted something. Mm. Um, so I think if uh, if Jerry's back does rock up, he'll be unbelievably interesting. Um, very competitive race, Sam. I think the market's going to be something like eight to on the field, which is um, as it currently is, but looks like we're going to get a decent sized field. Yeah, the sort of race I think that pulls traders' hair out trying to trying to get it assessed at an early stage. I, I like two Paul Nichols horses. Uh, one will carry a needs the ground to dry out warning, which probably won't happen. But I think um, Sam Benedetto's a, a nice bet if we were to get any kind of good in the going, which hasn't happened for a little while, but Newbury does dry quite quickly, currently soft at time of recording. I just, I just mm. have a really, I think he has a really nice profile for the race. Um, good, fair form around Newbury, course and distance winner. Mark of 150 at the moment. Oof, yeah, maybe still a little bit high. Uh, and then obviously Johnny Delahaye has been having a fantastic time of things, uh, being an owner with Paul Nichols. If it doesn't dry out too much, I wouldn't be so worried for Mont de Avizers to, uh, to go in well. Um, that run, I know it was only a match race between Angel's Breath Really unfortunate that Angel's Breath won't be seen again this season. But, Absolutely. you know, it, it, when sometimes you get those match races, I'm always quite quick uh, to perhaps put a line through them. Um, but I actually thought the second there was 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 fair, even though well in behind. But Angel's Breath was certainly, a, you know, a real, really good horse. And I'd be disappointed if a horse like this for Paul Nichols off 142 doesn't have a, a, a good handicap in them at some stage on a Saturday. Yeah, and Paul Nichols kind of owns the shape up of this race, depending on where he sends his horses. Paddy, what did you make of it? Yeah, I like old uh, Tidy Flow in here. Uh, he's a course and distance winner around Newbury. Um, 
But there was one I did look a bit further down, and I thought he was a reasonable price, round about twelves. He's a horse who has been sort of, he's only been messing about at sort of midweek stuff lately, but he's very low mileage. David Bridgewater's horse right down the bottom uh, in Richesant. He he's had two runs now since. Uh, David has done his wins. He was a good second the first time, no match for the winner, but he absolutely bolted up the other day at Huntingdon. Obviously, the handicapper is going to have his say, so I'd imagine David just thought, well, I might as well run him in a big one and see if we can if, if we can land a nice prize off you know a very lightweight. He's a good trainer, David Bridgewater. I've always said that like, he does win with some very very moderate animals, um, and I think this enriched enrichment should I say might just have a nice day in him of a lightweight. Yeah, currently 10 to 1 uh, in the market there with Betvic. Did you know what I thought was interesting? And they're finally letting them run uh, in the UK again after a lot of trips over the Irish water. Uh, Drumcliffe for Harry Fry looks like on a very fair mark. Currently in at 12 to 1. Uh, the nine-year-old won't be messing about if this is a, um, a target. Now, been off for a fair old 139 days behind, but they took it to Galway, Kilbeg and Listol, uh, Limerick for all the big shows. Uh, finally gets a crack at it. On UK soil, I'll be interested in that if it runs uh, there. Let's talk about the Grimfort then at three thirty-five at Doncaster. Uh, Dermo, if Secret Investor does turn up here, is that your pick? Uh, yeah, um, I think he'll win it. He'll win it quite well now if he does <coughs> turn up here. Uh, two miles four, I just think it'd be a bit of a step back for him because he does look like he's well worth trying right. at a trip like this. Day. Okay, I'm I'm really keen on him uh, if he does turn up. I would have liked him to have considered the old teamer because I thought even off the big weight. Uh, he'd be he'd be my shout in that contest with a bit of a class angle. Uh, Sam, what do you make of this Grinthorpe? Always a big betting heat. Uh, yeah, I'm delighted to have some experts with me because I'll tell you what, I couldn't pick the winner out of this if I'd spent three <laughs> hours preparing it. Um, yeah, we're trying a bit early, but six to one the field. You've got all sorts of likely attenders in there. I, I, I do like definitely read a um, couple of guys were, were talking about him in the office for, for, for a squeak in the national and around 25s. So I can see why, but uh, yeah. 11, you know, this, this race is going to be taken in, I suppose, en route to that, which always tempers my enthusiasm for backing a horse. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, Dermo, before I go to Paddy, we did talk up Glittering Love on here last week for yeah. a race, didn't run it. Um, they do have an entry here. Definitely. Um, it's just the Eider was a much worse race this than this looks. This is a lot classier, Yeah, so like the Eider, I thought just, just like, this horse won't be stopping. Uh, imagine Brian News will probably end up on board again, but it's uh, it's a much, much hotter race than the the Ida was. I quite like the idea of the Ida being over another six or furlongs or so than this three mile two might even be too short. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely a five furlong man, but that horse needs a long, long way uh, to perform to its best. So the 12 to one doesn't really appeal to me. Paddy, you're a man for, for staying chasers and uh, the Grimthorpe looks like a tricky one to solve. Yeah, I mean, definitely red. He's, he's got his fair share of weight, but um, he has one round here over course and distance. Um, he's been a great over horse. So even though he's 11 year old now, there's still plenty of still plenty of life in that chap yet i think the nickels horse a bit further down the way it's worthy farm i mean visually he's never that impressive but i think in doing so he has looked after his mark a little bit because the handicapper can never absolutely smash him um mm. you know he's only just sort of winning by the bare minimum but i think you know since they've um put the blinkers on this chap I think, you know, it really has helped him, but as I say, he only does the bare minimum, so he might just still be ahead of the handicapper worthy farm. 
Yeah, could well be. I mean, he started when they put the blinkers on. He's on one two five, one at Wing Canton, then one off one thirty. Also at Wing Canton, both on pretty soft ground. Going to get something very similar at Doncaster. Uh, now off one three seven and ten stone four in a race like this. And again, we talk about the boring Saturday Paul Nichols winners. Uh, he's going to be on many many people's lists. Could be a very very big weekend uh, for Paul Nichols. And uh, of course, we're only a couple of weeks out from the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, can I get a nap off everyone or the one you know that they think? Well, obviously a nap is the one. I think it's going to win but maybe if you don't have a nap give me the one you're most looking forward to seeing running this weekend um, I will go to you first uh, Secret Investor wherever he shows up Dean Secret Investor in the Grimthorpe okay um, Paddy uh, Dolos for me at, at Donny in that 225 okay Dolos yeah the class angle there's got to give a lot of weight away I'm going to go against you Paddy with the King of May I just think that two stone or whatever it's very close to it. anyway uh, giving that away against King of May who is a horse I think is going to step forward a fair bit on that current mark and Sam uh, I'm going to go for Paul Nichols' horse in the 150 over three miles. Um, it's a bit of a boring selection, but around six to one at the moment for for uh, the owners' group to have yet another winner. Okay, super. That is uh, Blackjack Kentucky, is it? I think. Yes. Yes, Blackjack Kentucky. Okay, they are the uh, the picks uh, for the weekend. If no one has anything else, and normally I get silence here. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll do a bit of a Cheltenham ramble uh, talking about the lights of top jockey, top trainer, uh, the big four, and trying to build that perfect festival ACA. You're listening to The Race Hour brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, Bet Victor. You're listening to The Race Hour podcast brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news, and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the race hour. Okay, and welcome back to the third and final part of this week's race hour, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, Bet Victor in the run-up to the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, Sam Boswell is here from Bet Victor, Damon Nolan, Paddy Aspel, and myself, Dean Ryan. Uh, as we um, would generally do at the end of our race hour podcast, is we dedicate the last part of the show to a quick ramble about the Cheltenham Festival. Um, one thing that, you know, is is kind of often looked overlooked until we get very close uh, to to the big show is the top jockey the top trainer markets now we've come up with some wild ideas on this podcast before Damo trying to work out uh, who might do it I think we're all on the Mark Walsh train one year didn't go very well we're on Nico de Boinville the year didn't do it um what do we make of this year's uh, top trainer and top jockey uh forget about betting for a second because we can check that in a mo uh, who do you think is the, the ones to look out for this time around yeah so like you obviously Paul Townend is going to be your guy. Uh, David Russell now, obviously his hands got a lot stronger with uh, Jack Kennedy missing the Cheltenham Festival. And then Mark Walsh is still a, he's still a big price here considering you know he'll, he'll pick up Delta Work and he'll pick up a few more rides as well as the festival gets closer. But I, it's still Rachel Blackmore uh, for me now. This year, I mean, like just to book a ride, she'll probably end up with. It's Notebook, um, Notebook, Manila Indo, yeah. Honeysuckle, Aspire Tower, mm. Monolith, Paloma Blue, uh, Captain Guinness, Trainwreck. Well, that obviously depends on who Giggins on Chris Jones' book, but still, like, it's... Monolith. It, yeah. Do you know, it's an incredible yeah. book of rides. She, there, about, there's no penalty kick there, is there, unless Benny decides not to... Well, I mean, they can go where they want with Honeysuckle. They could go Champion Herd or, or the Mares, but if Benny wasn't to go to Mares, then she's got a penalty kick at least. Um, Indo is a 9-2 to two penalty kick. No, oh really? Okay, there is. <laughs> Manella a... Indo is a 9-2 okay, penalty okay, kick. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, no, uh, there most certainly isn't. 
um, if Honeysuckle, whichever way she, if she was to go for the champion hurdle, she'd be quite short. So she's plenty of chances. She could still leave the Challenge Festival with no winner. That mm-hmm. could easily happen. Yeah, happen to the best of them. Just for the amount of chances that she does have during the week. And it has to be remembered that if Willie Mullins ends up with horses that are very low on the handicap, uh, she tends to pick up those she rides. She can pick as well. up more rides, yeah. Yeah, she does yeah, because, yeah, you know, yeah. she can ride so low in those handicaps. So And Gigginstown in general couldn't use her wherever they want. That's it exactly. Yeah, so yeah. like there's she will she will definitely be used in in the majority of races and she's a big, big price there. Well there's two there's two jockeys, her included and Paul Townend, uh, Paddy, I might come to you on this, who who must be looking at Cheltenham this year going, Wow, I got some chance here. Yeah, massive, massive. But the the difference in price between them, um, I, I would have to agree with Dermo. I mean, I, mm. what I got here is six to one. I was looking at four to one yesterday, but I'm looking at six to one this morning for Rachel, whereas Paul was round about two. Uh, yeah. I think the market have I've got it spot on. I think Barry Yardy's short. Uh, if he's the same price as Rachel Blackmore, because I think Rachel's going to have a far better book of rides than than Garrity, and like you say, she can do lighter than than what he can in in some of yeah. the so. At them, at 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 the same odds, I know who I'd be keener to go with. In I'd, I'd certainly be be following Rachel in. Yeah, I you know it'd be great if uh, if she if she can have the festival that looks like it's going to have. This kind of lends though towards do you then fancy Henry for the trainer's title? And I don't, but that's because Rachel can ride lots of horses for other people as well, and she can go and win the jockey's title uh, that way around. But Henry goes with a group of horses I think like he said he's never had before he's always had one or two really good chances but he's got a big team of horses uh, Sam I'll come to you I mean Paddy obviously pulled out the prices there but Rachel at 6-1 to one, uh, to be top jockey is getting a bit of a nod here yeah joint top price so you won't find any bigger elsewhere and who knows we might even push that slightly higher she's got a fantastic book of rides I did a quick filming feature which will be out on Bet Victor Racing fairly soon with her and mm. it is a it is astounding when you go through her book of rides and I sort of asked her, you know, in the other races, what do you think, how many, she, I think she said sort of, she thinks she'll have about 15 rides across, across the week. So I'm not necessarily sure she'll pick up in everything. Obviously there are races she can't ride in, but yeah. she won't be sitting too many out, put it that way. Uh, Paul heads the market at two to one. I, I can't understand why, but personally, I don't feel like this is a festival. When you think, what price did Ruby used to go off to be top jockey when we had those real kind of Mullins battalions with, with not a lot of opposition? I I think, you know, there's plenty in there to, to get him beat. And I, I, I can see us taking a fair bit of the two to one, but I, I think people will look elsewhere. And Rachel looks a bit of a value play. Nico at eight to one. I know as you mentioned previously, you guys have looked at him. I think, you know, he's going to have a nice book of rides. don't think he'll have enough to, to be to be a competitive, but he may well shorten at around eight to one. But it's always a fun market to play. The top trainer as well, you mentioned, we've got that priced up. Willie Mullins heads that at 11 to eight. Gordon in there at two to one. Uh, Nicky three to one. And then Henry eights. I mean, it, it, it's very hard to imagine it going anywhere else beyond those three, even with Henry's fantastic season he's had so far. I'd be inclined to pick Gordon of the three, um, right. just primarily around it's the sheer numbers he has in every race. Um, you know, you look at the likes of the Fred Winter, who have plenty, the Martin Pipe, those handicaps, he's going to be going mob-handed, whereas Willie probably won't have quite as many, I don't think, looking at the, the paperwork as I can see in front of me. So that's where I'd be leaning in that. I do think it's an interesting and competitive market. We've priced Gordon to have four or more winners, at six to four in our Cheltenham specials. Uh, he only had three last year, but then previous years was seven and six. So you'd be surprised if he's walking away without without three or four this year. Yeah, do you know what the standout might be, Damo? This was a thing often close to our heart but before, was uh, the old Presbury Cup. Yeah. It's, they're they're yeah, betting the on it. Yeah, previous profession. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. And uh, they are betting on it. 
Uh, bet Victor go four to seven Ireland. That's the banker of the century. Ireland is just an absolute four to seven. Yeah, it's an absolute banker. Yeah. Um, there's very few divisions like the Triumph division. I think is is England's to have, but bar that, Ireland. No, I don't know about that. The Vaspire Tower is the only one. <sighs> I don't, yeah, it's the only one right, he fell okay. last time. Like, okay. Um, yeah, of course, Goshen and Elman. Can't take it back. Yeah, take yeah, it back. Yeah. They definitely look strong there. All right, that's but, one. But, but, what, but bar gonna, that, what else <laughs> yeah. are going to win? <laughs> yeah, literally bar that. It, it's completely like even the Arkle is no fucking cash back at the first two, aren't they? Al Dancer win. Yeah, so I'll give him one back now. He will, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, the four to seven is yeah, it's crazy. Four to seven, I can't. I wouldn't start advertising that. Oh, we've just done it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Apologise. Uh, okay, so yeah, the old Presbury Cup, Paddy. Um, top trainer, Paddy Gordon or Willie or Nicky? Um, well, we spoke a minute ago, didn't we, about the what would be the difference in in the price? I mean, Henry's double the price of what Rachel is to be a leading trainer. Oh, I've got him here twelves. Um. Yeah, but Rachel can go and get rides for anyone else. Henry can only run his own horses. So it's going to be tougher on him, isn't it? And he's got to go up against, I don't know, how many entries Gordon and Willie will have. But my God, they're I've seen, I seen actually on social media yesterday, Gordon's list of entries had been done for the festival. I mean, it was a seven minute video of just a piece of paper running down the side of the wall. They color coded it, Paddy, to just to make sure he didn't get lost. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it's incredible. Do a series head count leaving the yard on the, on the Saturday morning, wouldn't you? Oh, you would for sure, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking here. Willie Mullins six to five is very difficult um, to look past. But look, you know, the thing is, two weeks between now and Cheltenham, how many have we of Willies have we seen drop out um, before yeah. before the festival? So their mods could 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 they could be in for a bit of a shake up. You they never- could. It's that time when the screw is getting turned, isn't it? This is the time where your last piece of work and suddenly are oh, they out. And yeah. that can happen. So that's going to happen. Um, and with Willie, it's going to happen more because he's got way more to try and turn the screw on. Um, Henry, I'd imagine, isn't even letting his out of the box. He's got so many good ones. Just <laughs> keep them sitting tight. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Okay, Paddy, you know, we haven't had you on for a couple of weeks, um, which is a shame. But as you're back, and we have talked about quite a lot of Cheltenham uh, in the run-up in, in the past, obviously, while you haven't been on, I might ask you about where you stand on the big four because there's been plenty of changes. Uh, if I start with the champion hurdle... Um, Epiton obviously at top of that market um, there's rumours about whether Honeysuckle might might take the dip there even Benny could uh, I think it might be too late is it for Benny to be supplemented probably not no um, probably not no um, do, you know, do you have a view on the champion hurdle that we don't know because it's been a couple of weeks um, I suppose Epiton for me I think is deserving favourite um, I think you're getting reasonable value no more than that um, but I think Epiton for me has really, really summered very well. I've always said that since, since I've seen it reappear this time. Uh, yeah. It, you, it just looks like you've got a much better horse uh, this time around, much, you know, easier to ride, takes its racing better. And, you know, because Penton Hills is second in, he's got questions to answer. Um, You know, um, unbelievably, he's got questions to answer. But the fact that he's not won this year, um, you know, I, I think Epitant for me is, is the deserving favourite. Okay, still holding firm then at the top with Epiton. Uh, the Champion Chase now looks like a three-runner event and Altior very much back in the picture. So, Chacuan Bassoir, Altior or Defi Desoy, if it was right now, Paddy, which way would you go? Uh, for me, I've, uh, Defi Desoy has had a very, very good season. No, no real blips, you could say, um, to any fault of his own. I've uh, been very impressed with him. And I think each time we've seen him, um, he's improved from race to race. So, I, I'd be happy at round about 94 to be with Deffy. 
Okay, big shout for Deffy then from Paddy Asport. Stayers, uh, any reason to deviate away from Paisley? We did see Emma Tom make a little uh, move into the picture. Yeah, that was a good effort by Emma Tom. Uh, it was, yeah. You know, because I think it was a rough old race on very bad ground. And I think if he'd have been a little bit cleaner at the last hurdle, it would have been a real, real take in performance. But, so, so therefore, you know, there's a bit of value to be had about him. But the thing about Paisley Park is this year, I know I've said it to you lads before, that mm. you know, the, now... I think he has mentally matured as well. They really know what they've got to do now as a guy's riding this horse. They've got to hang on to him as long as possible. Um, because he, as as Tyson Fury says, he's a dosser. Um, <laughs> Big dosser. Because every time at Cheltenham, if he's gotten to the front before the last, he kicks it out of the ground and he doesn't do anything for his jockey while he's in front. That's how easily he's actually doing the job. But both times this year, I've been impressed with, although he didn't win by very far the last day, they, they didn't ride him to win by very far. They just took a lead, jumped the last upsides, and got it done. just went through the motions. I think mm. he's just, he's an incredible horse. And uh, I'd say even if you were to really push both Aidan Coleman and Emma Lavelle, they probably even couldn't tell you how good he is. Um, because he's a difficult horse to weigh up because he's a little bit quirky, but... Oh, he's, he's he's massively talented, and look, next one in Benny to do with eight to one. I think that that shows you um, where we're at with him. Very fair. Um, Gold Cup. Uh, we have it very close at the top of the market now with Al Boom and Santini. Um, which way where are you going to go? Um, to be honest, I've said to you boys before, I'm gutted that that uh, the Tizard horse is gone because I think yeah. we're looking like we're going to get easy ground. Um, I still would have stuck with the old horse, but look, he's not in. Um, I'm going to go with Dermo here, uh, with Santini. I think, you know, he, he really deserves to, how could you say it? He, he, he deserves to sort of put his knockers to bed. Uh, because yeah. I don't always think he's had the rub of the green. He, he's ultra talented, this horse. I uh, really do love him, but you know, he, obviously he's got he's got to turn up and do it and, and and silence his doubters. But I think he's got the ability to do it. He's been a little bit visually underwhelming, um, you you could say this year. But I think it won't matter because they've got one day, and and that's the thirteenth of March in mind. Everything else will be it'll be long forgotten about then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been an interesting prep, but at least the, the timing's gone right. They haven't had any hiccup touch wood and they won't get one uh, before the big day like they did uh, last year with Santini. Okay, so Epiton, Defi de Soy, Paisley Park and Santini, your current view on the big races. You can change them as we get up uh, to the the four days uh, to come in a couple of weeks. Okay, now I wanted to do one more thing before we do wrap up this week's Race Hour podcast, and that is if I had to um, kind of nail us down into building the perfect festival, Acker, we're all allowed one shout, one horse we think uh, you can even go, this is outstanding value. That can be the reason you put it in. You can even go, this is the one horse I'm most looking for, or you can say, this is the one that will not get beat. And uh, as Sam, it's your debut on the Race Hour podcast uh, from BetVictor. I'll let you go first. Oh, I've got the easy job then. Thanks, lads. Um, okay, I gave you all the options you yeah, want. You know, know. There's, no, there's no better deal. There's, there's too many options, but I'll, I'll, I'll nominate one, which is, this is incredibly boring, but if we're looking for horses that we think at short prices will win, I think Tiger Roll is great value at even money with ourselves. I'm not sure if we can get there elsewhere, but Tiger Roll, even money. I mean, to go back and do what he does best, pretty sure it was the biggest winning distance at the festival last year. I appreciate he had a little bit of an injury issue earlier in the year, but... I was at uh, his reappearance run. He was fine. He 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 looked brilliant. You know, all roads lead to the national. There's absolutely no reason why he's not going to just repeat what he's done in previous years here. I know. I suppose there's easy land in there, but then next in the betting's Yamworth. I mean, yeah. You, you, 
as long as he's got the handle on easy land, which he should, he'll be there or thereabouts and win again. Maybe not as far as last year, but I, I still think he'll win and at even money. I might even look at this race as, as one of the ones to be the biggest distance winning race at the festival again. But Tiger Roll at yeah. Eden's boring, boring, I know, but, you know, everyone knows what we get with him. He turns up, he wins. Yeah. Hey, it won't be boring if it wins. Like, the roof will come off. Everyone loves uh, the animal. And hopefully, hopefully, he will uh, he will get it done. And under Keith Donahue, of course, uh, ambassador for bookmakers.co.uk. Read all about Tiger Roll on the website. He actually, as you have he actually said about Easy's land, uh, Keith Donahue did, that he was delighted to see the performance because something might be able to uh, Give him lead a him in a bit longer. <laughs> Give him a time. I love that. <laughs> fighting talk, fighting talk. Okay, Paddy, I might go to you next. I mean, you just wax lyrical about how good Paisley Park is. You can go there or you can go elsewhere. Yeah, I think um, I would definitely have Tiger Roll in. Um, and I think I was going to go. I don't want to. I don't want to upset the um, the four. You no, were going to go Benny, the four. But for me, <laughs> I think that Notebook is out, an outstanding bet at eleven to four in the Arkle. Okay, perfect. The, the, only thing, the only thing, and Ruby has pointed this out as well um, when he does the the Charlton thing with with Lydia really Hizop. Yeah. The one thing that could get notebook beaten is notebook, uh, in the, in the preliminaries, because we've seen him at Leopardstown, he he almost bolted the post with with Rachel. Um, he's a big, strong brute of a horse. Now, you know, obviously there was plenty of atmosphere and there was a big crowd at Leopardstown, uh, but she just managed to keep the anchor on him. Whereas, you know, Cheltenham's a, it's a different layout. He's good. There's going to be much more crowd atmosphere around him. He's got to handle all that beforehand. So the race would worry me far less. It's the preliminaries, okay? Uh, you know, so it's 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 you've got to you've got to have that sort of note of caution. But I think this is an incredible horse because he's so good on his feet. Even the other day around Leperstown, when he was a bit gassy and 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 obviously he'd had the revs up from from um what went on before the race. He jumped round like a cat. The one thing that this horse does, he knows where he's putting his feet and. Mm. In, in such a such a fast and frenetic race like this could prove absolutely massive. Strong view, Paddy. Notebook for the arc. So, Demo, I know you're keeping a track on this so far. So, Tiger Roll and Notebook have gone in. I had a few options written down because I didn't know what anyone else was going to come up with. Um, but I'm going to play it very safe as we want this to be a winning acker, I think. There's plenty of value out there, but it's not one of those. Uh, appreciate it in the bumper. Having seen what I've seen of the bumper horses, and I think I've seen most of them, um, appreciate it looks ready-made, uh, cast iron, good thing for uh, the the Cheltenham flat race. So I'll take I'll take appreciate that demo, and you can have the last go, which is the trickiest spot. It is the trickiest spot. Um, I have two in my head, so I've got uh, first of all Nelindo, who I think is um, I think that RSA is not as good as people kind of I uh, think it is. When you look down through it, taking um, on champ. Though. I think champ is about seven to two to get round. Ooh. And um, I think I think then you end up with um, Melindo, who whilst he hasn't had the right prep, he will be jumping about 150 fences a day down in... Um, Without a jockey on his back, probably. Wrong meds, yeah, saying. and and he, as well as that, he's uh, he's having a, an identical <laughs> prep to what he had last year. So I think Melindo, but the one for so me... It's not Manella Indo after that, no? No, it is Envy um, Allen. I think Envy Allen is okay. the uh, second coming. And uh, Another one, as Keith said, you'd be pretty stupid tipping against it. So Yeah, he said that yesterday like that. in his blog. And like just, he said he did a piece of work on him yesterday and uh, he was bouncing on the phone yesterday. 
Um, he said he's just an absolute freak of a horse, and he said you can't even you can't even knock this horse's form. I mean that that Darvis Star finishing third behind him and the well, bumper he, form from he last just season. Wins, like, yeah, he so just wins, and and last time people are trying to crib that run, uh, Gordon and Keith and everyone else involved with the horse have said that that they didn't do much work there. So yeah. Envoy Allen and the four of them, Dean. Um, yes, give us the lucky numbers. So the four of them. I'm just trying to get the two seconds there now. This, uh... I could I could tell you what we are. I want to know bet if that helps. Yeah, please do. With it's 34 to one you're looking at with Bet Victor at the moment, but that is non-runner no bet. Uh, that's for all four. Tiger at evens. Notebook at five to two. Appreciate it six to four. A really impressive win last time out to be fair uh, and Envoy Allen's even money as well so that's that's what we are at the moment on those four if you wanted to have a tenner on at the fourfold you'd be looking at 350 back I like Fantastic. that. That'll yeah. do. That'll yeah. do, lad. It's been a pleasure to have us on. Uh, well, it's all on. I'm always a pleasure to be with, <laughs> as I know. But Sam, thank you for joining us from Bet Victor. Paddy Aspel, been great to have you back on. Uh, Dermot Nolan, of course. And you've been listening to The Race Out, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, Bet Victor, all in the run-up to the Cheltenham Festival. And uh, don't forget, our preview night will be live. Well, it won't be live. It will be on Thursday, though, in Dublin. Sam will be there. Uh, we've got a great panel. It'll all be recorded and out uh, somewhere for you to watch it, wherever you watch your videos, YouTube, our website, everywhere like that, from Friday onwards. Uh, best of luck. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you all again next week. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. What's the best way to shuffle cards? Blown if I know, pal. Your best bet is to leave it to the people over at Bet Victor Live Casino. Place your bets, please. Oh, sorry, guys. I've got to run. The game's about to start. Son, you see my bow tie? Son! Harry? Search online for Bet Victor's latest offers. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Son, have you seen it? 